We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome into Candlestick Chronicles, a 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. My name's Chris Biederman. I'm riding solo tonight. Kyle is on Warriors post game for his day job, even though it's nighttime. Uh, we're recording this after the 49ers big win over the Arizona Cardinals on Monday Night Football, 38 to 10 in Mexico City. I have some thoughts. Let's roll. Hey, this is George Kittle, and you're listening to Candlestick Chronicles. Kittle in Denver territory! Kittle is gonna go! Touchdown! Bosa's well, got him in a second back inside the 30-yard line. Nick Bosa drops Aaron Rodgers for a 13-yard loss. So Kyle and I, Kyle and I did a podcast last week trying to determine how good the 49ers were and how much what happened in 2019 and, and 2021 shaped our opinion of this team, which has been up and down this year. And there wasn't really a signature win that made you think, yeah, the 49ers are an NFC contender. Um, their their toughest opponent at home against the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, the Chiefs took them to the woodshed in that game. It was really hard to to come away from that one feeling super optimistic about where the season could go for the 49ers. And then since then, they've beaten the Rams, they've beaten the Chargers, and now they beat the Arizona Cardinals by four scores in Mexico City. And I think the prevailing takeaway is pretty obvious, and, and they were alluding to it on the broadcast. The 49ers are a legitimate contender now. Like, I feel comfortable saying that, you know, we, we talked about they, they could be one. They feel like they have the potential to be one. They have so many skill guys on offense. Their defense is really solid. They just hadn't put together enough really convincing winning performances. And I think now that they've won these three games in a row, the fact that they're 6-4, and four, they're back in first place in the NFC West, they're undefeated 4-0 inside the division, um, and they're the number three seed in the conference. I mean, I think it's pretty clear, right, that the 49ers could probably beat, or no, the, I, I feel comfortable saying, like the 49ers could beat anybody in the NFC. Um, and it feels less hot takey now than it did maybe in in previous weeks earlier this season. Just overall, a very complete performance. And it was kind of unique in that 
you know, we talked about Kyle Shanahan and, and his offense and how sometimes he really only seems to prioritize one or two guys and game plans. And generally you see one guy go off, but not, you don't really get multiple guys going off in terms of, you know, pass catchers or even running backs in the same game. It's usually one, one big performance and and then a bunch of, um, you know, sort of smaller contributions coming from other guys. Well, you go to right down the line, like this was a complete offensive performance. And obviously the caveat here is you're going against the Arizona Cardinals who just seem awful and whose defense basically quit um, in the third quarter of that game and might fire Cliff Kingsbury. Like, would anybody be stunned if Cliff Kingsbury didn't last the season in Arizona? They're they're kind of a mess right now, and that was a very ugly performance from them. But still, a win is a win, particularly in the division if you're the 49ers. But let's get back to the point about the offense. George Kittle, four catches, 84 yards, two touchdowns. The second one, kind of a laugher, and clearly some business decisions being made by Arizona defenders there as Kittle ran down the sideline. I thought for sure he was gonna, he was just going to get tapped out of bounds, but he ends up just running <laughs> right across the goal line for an easy touchdown. Um, Christian McCaffrey, seven catches, 67 yards. Debo Samuel, seven catches, 57 yards. Brandon Ayuk, only two, te- two catches for Brandon Ayuk, but they were both touchdowns. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo threw four touchdown passes, for the fourth time in his 49ers career. Three of those times have come against Arizona, which is interesting. I don't read a whole lot into it other than the fact that the Cardinals haven't been all that good. Um, And in terms of Jimmy Garoppolo, I got to give him credit, man. I I think he's playing really well. I do like the, the touchdown to, to George Kittle. I mean, both of, both of his touchdowns in the first half. The first one to Brandon Ayuk, really good throw. He clearly wanted to, to hit Christian McCaffrey running a Texas route to the right side. He was double covered, turns back. Brandon Ayuk creates just an obscene amount of separation with that route where it starts out breaking outside and then he cuts back inside and just dusts it, the cornerback trying to cover him by like five yards wide open. Good throw, good catch, easy touchdown. The George Kittle one, the first one in the second quarter really stood out because my knock on Jimmy Garoppolo forever and one of the reasons I believed Kyle Shanahan wanted to move on from Jimmy, not the only reason, but one of them, is Garoppolo had typically been bad in second reaction throws, second reaction plays. The play breaks down, he feels pressure, he has to escape the pocket. How often have we seen Jimmy Garoppolo take plays like that and just make horrendous throws over the middle of the field, either putting the ball in harm's way or throwing a hospital ball and getting George Kittle or Debo Samuel just destroyed by a defender on that second or first George Kittle touchdown Garoppolo feels pressure escapes it could have just run for the first down sees Kittle break free behind Buda Baker and Buda Baker just man rough game for him great player but just not a good game for him he was on the ground seemingly as often as it felt like he was contributing to a, to a tackle but Jimmy Garoppolo steps up, floats a nice pass to George Kittle behind the defense, and Buda Baker rolls right into the end zone, breaks a tackle. Easy money, right? Jimmy Garoppolo being able to make second reaction plays is a new development. And 
this to me is the closest thing we've seen to 2017 Jimmy Garoppolo really at any point since then. I don't know that Jimmy Garoppolo's knee injury in 2018 really affected him in a substantial way in terms of the mobility he had inside the pocket or his confidence to be a gunslinger or whatever else. But you remember, if you go back and watch Jimmy Garoppolo in 2017, he had a lot of spring in those legs. Like he was really good at evading pressure before the injury. And he was shifty in the pocket. He was good at making defenders miss. And we hadn't seen that since the knee injury, really. And I'm not saying he did that in the play to George Kittle, but it seems like we're seeing a different version of Jimmy Garoppolo right now than we've seen in recent years. Because he's able to make these plays after things break down, after he feels pressure in the pocket that he wouldn't have normally. Like last week against the Chargers, that throw up the sideline to Ray Ray McLeod was one of the best throws I, I remember him making, particularly on the run. And this was a similar situation, except, you know, George Kittle was was open downfield and, and it's an easy touchdown on third down. And third down is an interesting segue. Niners go six of 11 on third down. 55%. We always talk about how if you're around the 50% mark in third down offense, you're going to be pretty good. Niners in the last four games against Kansas City. In the blowout. It was a bad performance. Still, 8 of 14 on third down, 57%. At the Rams, 5 of 9 on third down, 55.6%. Against the Chargers, 9 of 17, 52.9%. 9 of 17, excuse me. 6 of 11, 55% tonight. This brings me to... Some tweets from our good buddy, Nick Wagner, our favorite cast member, ESPN NFL Nation reporter. He's been on the pod multiple times. That's probably why you guys like him so much. The 49ers offense. This is from Nick Wagner at N Wagner on Twitter. 49ers offense before the Christian McCaffrey trade. 20.3 points per game. 340.2 yards per game. 41% third down conversion rate. 49ers offense after Christian McCaffrey trade. 28.5 points per game, so up almost more than 8 points per game. 396.5 yards per game, so up over 56.3 yards per game, if my math is right. Don't check that. And a 55% third down conversion rate, 14% higher. So... The feeling that Christian McCaffrey was going to be a really good pickup for the 49ers seems to be seems to be working out. And that the 49ers are using him. He had seven catches tonight. The 49ers are using him in a way that makes him a valuable running back to them. Right? There's so much discussion about running back value and whether or not you invest serious resources into the running back position well when you have a running back who can line up in the slot and we saw it tonight christian mccaffrey had a handful of catches out of the slot some slants uh just moving the chains and all of a sudden jimmy garoppolo is looking like he's throwing to trent taylor again and not just because christian mccaffrey is a short white guy if you remember 
keep talking about 2017 Jimmy and that being the best version of him. Trent Taylor was a big part of that. That was his prefer that was Garoppolo's preferred option on third down. In the way that Jimmy Garoppolo seemingly always looks for Juwan Jennings on third down, he was always looking for Trent Taylor on third down when he first came to the 49ers in 2017 in the slot on slant routes. And we saw a few of those for Christian McCaffrey Monday night in Mexico City. Another tweet from Wagner. Garoppolo with Christian McCaffrey on the field. He's completing 79% of his passes, 9.2 yards per attempt, seven touchdowns, no interceptions. Again, 79% completion rate, 9.2 yards per attempt, seven touchdowns, no interceptions. About as good of numbers as you could hope for an NFL quarterback, really in any in any sample size. Garoppolo with Christian McCaffrey off the field. I'm assuming it's he's since McCaffrey was acquired. Oh no, it might be for the season. It's for the season, sorry. Garoppolo with McCaffrey off the field, 62% completion rate, 7.6 yards per attempt, almost a yard and a half difference per attempt. Eight touchdowns, four picks. I don't think it's a coincidence that Jimmy Garoppolo has not thrown an interception with Christian McCaffrey on the field because he's an elite checkdown option. And having an elite checkdown option makes your life a whole lot easier if you're a quarterback like Jimmy Garoppolo, who's not always going to be throwing the ball 40 yards down the field, who isn't making a ton of throws to receivers who aren't open and just throwing into tight windows. Like the 49ers offense is predicated on receivers and pass catchers getting separation and proving to be an open target for the quarterback with the potential for yards after the catch. That's what the 49ers passing game is predicated on. But that's a little bit more difficult than say like DeAndre Hopkins, who you can throw to the back shoulder basically anytime you want to, which we saw tonight. But when you have a checkdown option who can get you six to eight yards a pop, even if your scheme doesn't work and all of your guys are covered and the worst case scenario is getting seven or eight yards a pop, your offense is going to be cooking with gas. That's just the reality of it. And so... Christian McCaffrey hasn't been averaging 150 yards from scrimmage per game like I predicted in our super hot take spot, which I'm just going to wear that for the rest of the season. I'm fine. The point the point stands. I was optimistic about what McCaffrey can bring the offense. I think the reason why he's not going to average 150 yards of offense per game, and he was over the 100-yard mark if you combine his 67 receiving yards and 39 rushing yards. It's not chopped liver. But the point here is Christian McCaffrey has completely changed life for Jimmy Garoppolo and the 49ers passing game. And all of a sudden, it feels like the 49ers offense is unlocked in a way that it wasn't previously. Over 50% on third down is, is just huge. Like being able to convert third downs at that type of rate makes you an incredibly difficult team to stop. And it would seem it's giving Jimmy Garoppolo a lot of confidence and he's playing better and more sure of himself than really at any point in the last, 
I mean, I th- this was Jimmy Garoppolo's best game, I thought, since the 2019 Saints game in New Orleans. I was at that game. It was such an impressive performance because the Saints offense seemed unstoppable against a 49ers defense that was arguably the best in the league that year. And Jimmy Garoppolo and the 49ers just hung with them. And Kyle Shanahan had to get very creative with it. But that was the most impressed I've been with Jimmy Garoppolo since the knee injury in early in 2018. And obviously George Kittle like running through 17 Saints players on fourth and two and drawing a face mask penalty and getting the 49ers in range for the game-winning field goal as time expired was a factor also. But the point stands, like Jimmy Garoppolo is playing some really good football right now. And man, if Jimmy Garoppolo is playing this kind of football, I kind of think the 49ers are going to bring him back in 2023. Because if you're Jimmy Garoppolo, and yeah, you keep playing like this, you're going to have a market. The New York Jets would love to have Jimmy Garoppolo. Mike LaFleur, the the Jets' offensive coordinator, used to be the passing game coordinator with the 49ers. He's the offensive coordinator with the Jets. He went over there with Robert Sala, of course, the 49ers' former defensive coordinator. They run a version of Kyle Shanahan's offense. Jimmy Garoppolo would be perfect for them. And we've seen Zach Wilson turn into an unmitigated disaster uh, in recent weeks, particularly Sunday in New England. But if you're Jimmy Garoppolo... And you've made, oh, what's Jimmy made? He's he's had to have made $150 million in his career at this point. If you've made that type of money and maximizing your dollars is not of the utmost priority, which I don't think it necessarily is for Jimmy Garoppolo at this point. Do you hit the open market trying to get 5 or $10 million more? Or would you rather return to the 49ers where you have Christian McCaffrey? and Debo Samuel, and Brandon Ayuk, and George Kittle, and Trent Williams, and Kyle Juszczyk, with Kyle Shanahan pulling the strings. Like, where are you going to go that's a better situation than what Jimmy Garoppolo has right here? And we'll talk about this ad nauseum, but my prevailing feeling that seems to intensify as the season goes on for lack of a better word is that the 49ers aren't going to be content with just bringing Trey Lance back and not have another possible starting option next year which is why I've joked not really joked I'm not I shouldn't say joked because I do believe there it's it would be a real possibility that Tom Brady would come to the 49ers next year but now with Garoppolo playing like this the scenario is absolutely out there that he comes back. And if you're the 49ers and you're seeing Jimmy Garoppolo play at this level and raise his game since getting Christian McCaffrey, you have to be open to it. And look, Jimmy Garoppolo's agent, Don Yee, how long, how many years did he spend with the New England Patriots reworking Tom Brady's contract in order to fit it under the cap. And how often was Brady relatively underpaid in comparison to the other quarterbacks in the NFL? 
right? Tom Brady was always taking less money so the Patriots could build out their roster and compete for Super Bowls. Jimmy Garoppolo's got 140 million some odd dollars in the bank. He's got Travis Matthew money. <laughs> like, does Jimmy Garoppolo need to go play for a bad team to get a little bit more money? Or does Jimmy Garoppolo just decide to say, hey, yeah, you got Trey Lance. Yeah, you wanted to trade me. But I've played my best football here, and I'm not going to have this group of weapons anywhere else. Anyway, that is a discussion that we will have, and that will continue to linger as Jimmy Garoppolo plays like this. And I don't say that as any knock on Trey Lance, because I still remain very optimistic about what Trey Lance could be and what he could develop into for a lot of the same reasons I think Jimmy Garoppolo is playing well right now, having to do with Kyle Shanahan and the way he built this offense with the addition of Christian McCaffrey and now just elite playmakers really at every position, it seems like. So there's that. How about the fact that the 49ers defense has pitched shutouts in the second half of, of the last three games? The 49ers have outscored their opponents after halftime 53-0 in the last three weeks. Small sample size, sure. But we remember the Niners' defense played an elite level early in the season. The offense was struggling. The defense would have really good games and then some bad games, namely against the Falcons in Kansas City. Kansas City game was bad. But the 49ers came into the game Defensively, first in yardage, six in points against, which included that 44-point game allowed to the Chiefs four weeks ago. So the Niners, theoretically, (laughs) could have top, I mean, they very clearly have a top five defense. Maybe top two. Maybe it's the best defense in the league. I would need to do a a deep dive, which I'm not going to do on the pod because that's just horrible audio. But the 49ers could have a top five defense and a top 10 offense. I think it's, I mean, they were ninth in yardage coming into the Monday night game against Arizona. 17th in scoring, which, you know, when you have, 10-point games in Chicago and Denver, a 14-point game in Atlanta. You know, you're not going to be the highest-scoring offense in the league. But the last four games, since getting Christian McCaffrey, 23 points, 31 points, 22 points. Could have been more if Brandon Ayuk didn't drop that touchdown. And then 38 points tonight. When the 49ers went to the Super Bowl, they're averaging 29 points a game, and they're averaging over 30 in their last four. So again, it's time to take the 49ers seriously as contenders. They're not hypothetical contenders, which it felt like they were throughout the season. They've graduated from hypothetical contender to real contender. And I think a significant part of that is by what you see in in the rest of the NFC. We saw Philadelphia lose at home to Washington. 
Washington's not bad. But Philadelphia is the number one seed in the NFC currently. They don't have a track record. This group that they have with Jalen Hurts at quarterback has had one playoff game and got completely annihilated last year by Tampa Bay. Jalen Hurts was not good in that game. So the 49ers do have a playoff track record that other teams outside of Tampa Bay don't have in the NFC. Minnesota got whooped by Dallas 40-3 or whatever that score was on Sunday in Minnesota. I'm sorry. I'm just not buying Minnesota as the second best team in the conference. I'm not. And it wouldn't surprise me at all if even with Minnesota having an eight and two record of the Niners being six and four. If the Niners had to go to Minnesota and play a regular season game next week, the Niners might be favored. Or at least Minnesota would be favored by fewer than three points, which is what the home teams typically get, right? Point here is that now that the 49ers feel like actual contenders instead of hypothetical ones, looking at their skill guys, the way their defense is playing, the way Jimmy Garoppolo is playing, just the way the offense continues to move the chains with Christian McCaffrey now in tow. You could definitely make a case right now, Monday, November 21st, that you would feel best about the Niners of any team in the NFC. You can make the case. Now, obviously, being able to make that case in November doesn't mean anything. (laughs) There are games to play. Presumably, the Niners are going to go to the playoffs and they're going to have to win these games to validate these thoughts. But right now, based on what we've seen the last three weeks, I think we know the 49ers are now capable of doing that because they hadn't put together complete performances against good teams at any consistent level throughout the season. And now they've won three in a row. They've taken care of the bad teams. They're 4-0 in their division. And I cannot stress that enough because if the 49ers are going to go on a run in the postseason, winning the division is going to be paramount for them. Because I do think had they gotten the Rams in the NFC Championship game at home last year, had they won the NFC West and not been a wildcard team, they would have gone to the Super Bowl. And I think every 49ers fan who watched that Super Bowl believes that the 49ers would have had a great shot to beat that Bengals team for a Super Bowl. Now, where these 49ers stack up against the Chiefs or... I mean, maybe the Bills are are not what we thought they were earlier in the year. But safe to say, given that October 23rd, four weeks ago, the Chiefs went to Levi's Stadium and hung 44 on them. I'm not going to sit here and tell you I think the 49ers are better than the Chiefs. I think the 49ers could potentially beat the Chiefs if they matched up in the Super Bowl. But again, we got a long way to go before we can really have that conversation 
in a meaningful way because there are a lot more regular season games to play. 49ers have to stay healthy. They have to win these playoff games to even get to that point. But the big takeaway from Monday night in Mexico City is that the 49ers belong in that conversation. Just a complete effort. You know, Chicago, week one, offense was bad. It was raining. The defense made a ton of mistakes. They lost. At Seattle, pretty complete performance, but the, but you lose Trey Lance in that game. The Seahawks seem like they stunk early in the season. 27-7 to in your home opener. About what should have happened, but not a, not a performance that you really felt like the Niners. You didn't feel great about that. the Niners coming out of that game because all of a sudden Jimmy Garoppolo is their starter after not getting any burn in training camp. Then you lose to Denver the next week, and man, Denver is awful, and that loss continues to be perplexing, although Denver's defense is really good. And maybe that was just a factor of Jimmy Garoppolo not having any practice time leading into that. You beat the Rams, get right against the Rams. Go to Carolina. Carolina stinks. You lose to Atlanta by 14 points. You don't have Nick Bosa. The Falcons run all over you. The Chiefs are the Chiefs. And then you finally get this streak. It's three-game winning streak. First three-game winning streak of the year. Take care of the Rams. Christian McCaffrey does everything in that game. Take care of the Chargers. This, the game was probably not as close as the 22-16 to 16 score indicated. We've talked about that game at length, given their red zone issues. Could have been a lot more lopsided than it was from a score perspective. Then they go to Arizona and they win 38-10. to 10 Against Colt McCoy. And as much as you could easily say this loss or this win for the Niners doesn't mean like you could tell me I'm overstating the value of this win and maybe I am. But remember last year, Colt McCoy came to Levi's Stadium as a Cardinal starting quarterback when Kyler Murray was hurt and the 49ers had their most embarrassing loss of the year. The Cardinals ran over the 49ers in that game. Like, it was an ugly, ugly loss during that 3-5 and five stretch to start the season. So now you're in a scenario where, okay, maybe there's a little bit of a revenge factor. Like, we're not that same team that just got rolled by Colt McCoy on our home field. So defense came out and played well. Now, Dre Greenlaw, I haven't checked Twitter. Maybe I probably should. Maybe there's going to be some breaking news. Pull up the old tweet deck here, live on the pod. See if there's any news regarding Dre Greenlaw's wrist. I do not see any. Okay, maybe that's good news. We'll probably find out more on Tuesday. Regardless, Dre Greenlaw's wrist injury, or what looked like a potential wrist injury, could be something worth monitoring. Greenlaw had a good game. But yeah, that's all I got. We're going to go over the Cooperage six-pack. God, I didn't even mention that we're sponsored by Cooperage in the open. Bad bad job by me. My apologies. Drink Cooperage. It's amazing. Cooperagebrewing.com. Go visit the brewery in Santa Rosa. Fives are immaculate. Great artwork everywhere. A lot of cool people hanging out. They allow dogs. They have awesome food trucks. If you're ever in Santa Rosa, my hometown, one of my favorite places in the world, go check out Cooperage. The thing is with Cooperage is like the people in 
the Santa Rosa beer scene, go to Cooperage. Like there are Russian River employees I see all the time that get off work at Russian River and go drink at Cooperage. And we know how people generally feel about Russian River in the pantheon of Santa Rosa beers. Anyway, Cooperage is good. Shout out to Cooperage. Sponsoring the pod. We will have more later in the week. Full disclosure, we have no idea what this week's going to look like from a scheduling perspective. Because uh, I'm slammed with work with my day job. We got the Thanksgiving holiday. We got Kyle being in a wedding over the weekend um, that he has to travel for. So we're gonna have to we're gonna have to figure some things out. But we're gonna we're gonna do it. We're gonna turn out some content for you guys, whether it's one of us getting an interview or a guest or writing solo. We're gonna make it happen for you guys. Um, so yeah, 49ers win 38-10. Initial thoughts. This team's for real. Dudes all over the field. Jimmy Garoppolo playing really good football. Kyle Shanahan finally putting together game plans that make more sense. And maybe the Cardinals defense is just bad. But spreading the wealth around and being able to feature a bunch of different guys is not something as good as Kyle Shanahan's offense has generally been, that hasn't been a strength of his offense is just being able to attack defenses in a variety of ways. And it feels like Kyle Shanahan's been able to do that recently. And then the defense again, hasn't allowed a point in the second half of games in over a month, four weeks, whatever it is. So Niners are good. Headed in the right direction. Host the Saints of New Orleans next week. The fighting Andy Daltons, I believe. So we'll have more to talk about. Um, hope everybody has an awesome Thanksgiving week. I love Thanksgiving. It's my favorite holiday. Great food. It's going to be a good slate of football games on Thursday. Hopefully we'll talk to you guys before then. But appreciate everybody listening. Subscribe, rate, and review. Don't forget to check out Cooperage. Either go to the brewery in Santa Rosa or hit up cooperagebrewing.com. They will ship beer to you anywhere within the state of California. You can have their beer shipped right to your doorstep. It's awesome. We've done it. The beer is great. All of their beer is good. They make really good hazies. They make really good sours. They make really good kolsches. They make good lagers, porters, stouts, since it's getting to that time of year. They got it all. Cooperagebrewing.com. Shout out to Tyler and Kurt and Cal and everybody else. All right. We'll talk to you guys soon. Thanks for listening. See ya. I'm Mark Chapman. Welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.